Are we ready? I guess not. Y'all ready? Because you know we are. Welcome to the episode six of the Rogue One podcast, where we bring you all things topics, all things entertainment, and we debate everything. You already know. Hit us up on the Instagram, Rogue One's underscore podcast. We appreciate all the love we've been getting. Hit us up with the hashtags. You know, last week we was chopping it up with Bobby Supreme talking about his music, his influences, so check that out. It's up all over on every platform, Podomatic, Spotify, iTunes. You already know what's going on. It's the Rogues. We back. In one corner, we got Helen for Death Valley, the 287-pound. He don't weigh that much for real, y'all. I'm just playing. Chris Duke. In this other corner, we got the main man, the host with the most. Did you like some toast? Josiah Brown. Excuse me? Toast? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, hey, just rock with it. Y'all supposed to let me rock with it, bro. Who hired this oh, man? Oh, yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Shh. We got to give a round of applause for our special guest, James Labouye, James Willard, whatever you want to call him. Just put respect on his name. James Willard, my boy from high school. Let's get it. James LeBeau, and I'm ready for the show. Let's go. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. That's the oh, most yeah. electrifying oh, yeah. promo I ever seen. Oh yeah, we so we 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 finna we finna rock with that for now on because we ready. Shoot, rock with it then. Yeah, I see my boy dropping bars. So shoot, kick it off with the music Facts. tip. Facts. This week, you know, we always take a little short moment to preview the music of the week, but this week we're doing our first non-stop STL exclusive. You heard it here first. Um, We're going to talk about Chance the Rapper's album. You know, critically acclaimed Grammy Award winning artist Chance the Rapper has dropped his debut album this past week. And it has been getting mixed reviews. You know me, guys. I'm a, I'm a big media guy. I'm always surfing uh, the web for opinions about things before, of course, before I make my own. Uh, you know, I'm always checking the Pitchfork, Billboard. Everyday struggle, complex, you name it. Everything music, I'm here for it. Uh, and I don't like it. <laughs> Long story short, <laughs> I give it a six out of ten. Um, it's just, it's just a little bit underwhelming from the previous things that Chance has given us. It's extremely pop influence, which is kind of expected. This man has a whole song with Shawn Mendes, which is actually one of the best songs on the album. But that's no here nor there. In a sense, it's very. It has a very odd direction to it, but that's kind of formality for Chance because he's used to having that distinct sound. But it doesn't really have a sure direction because the songs are everywhere. As soon as you think a song is going to go one way, it goes to complete another direction. And you know, at the same time, you know he's kind of still fueling us with that happiness vibe. And I know he just got married, so that's why we have the subtitle "The Big Day," which is, of course, the name of his project. Um, you know, Chance, he's not really a singles guy, so there's no singles endorsed by his label because, you know, the boy's still independent. And in a whole, the sense, it was just too much with not much going on is the best thing I can say. A lot of looks on the on the song, or the, I'm sorry, the album is from the guest features. So we got a few guest features from Nicki Minaj, uh, Megan Thee Stallion. That's one of my favorite, you know, my favorite songs on there with her and of course big day featuring the baby hey y'all i just i peeped this yesterday megan the stallion is just miss parker but rapping tell me i'm lying (laughs) tell me i'm lying tell me i'm lying she is miss parker from friday she just rapping but that's no (laughs) there so you know i just want to know what y'all thought about the album give me a little rundown am i tripping because i don't think i'm tripping because our homeboys on the medium lit podcast said everything Chris is gonna talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like I, like I said before we started the show, my real opinions lie with my boys on the Medium Lit podcast. So if you don't know who they are, check them out on Spotify, Apple, and all that. The album is trash in the nicest sense of it. That's the nicest way I can put it. If you want my full unadulterated opinion of it, listen to the Medium Lit podcast, and they pretty much said what I thought about the album. Uh. I understand that this man is venturing out into more of a pop sound, but that doesn't make this album good. It's not good. I don't like it. 
<laughs> you can't convince me that this album is good. I'm sorry, it's not. But I know Josiah Chance is your boy, so I'm gonna I'm give you a chance to defend defend this atrocity of an album. Give me a chance. How ironic you said that. Because y'all need to give this man a chance. Give Chance another chance. This was a good album. It wasn't his best. It wasn't the greatest. It's probably a 6.5 out of 10. Yes, but it was a good album. I know it's a different sound. It's not what everybody expected. It's not too much rapping. He's not dropping bars. I really do. But it's not a terrible sound he's bringing in here. He's bringing in different types of music and genres and different type of artists that you normally wouldn't see, like Brandon just said, Shawn Mendes. You normally wouldn't see Shawn Mendes with any type of rapper like this. Yet he's with Chance. And it's a different sound. And like Brandon said, it's one of the better songs on the album. Like it's a different sound that he's trying to do. And I'm all supportive for it. And that's cool and all. But that don't mean to sound good. <laughs> but it do. It just depends who your listeners are, I guess. And the majority I mean, of that's with everybody. That's with everybody and everything. Like some things just like we just got a shotgun is being bad. Like if you can give me four tracks that you got replayed off of this album, I'll give you a good album, but I'm not replaying nothing like that, bro. I got four tracks for him at least. I got all, four. All I know is color people ain't listening to this album. Oh, now, wow. that I will get. <laughs> that I'll probably give you. We ain't listening to Definitely it. Definitely more on the white adventure. I'll, I'll give you that. But I mean, it's still pretty good music here. Kind of his, his guest for his guest features is like bodying him on every song. His brother bodied him on his own song, bro. And I and I don't get me wrong, I'm a I'm I'm a I'm a late bloomer chance fan. I came in around my freshman year of college, which was 2015. I heard Juice for the first time. I hated this man voice. Then it started sticking to me. So I was like, hey, I like acid rap. I like color and book for those just to be mixtapes. I'm like, yo, his debut album got to be something crazy. Something we never heard before. I heard Kanye was working on it. Kanye never goes wrong with production. Kanye wasn't even credited on no song. I am upset. Cap. <laughs> he was in the window, bro. He was just getting pointers from outside. <laughs> bro, I do this though. Like I'm, I'm bro. No, no, this is, this is saying it, bro. This is saying it, <laughs> but synonymous with that. Some other stuff that came out this week. We got YBN Corday. I don't know if y'all are familiar with the YBN Click. You got YBN Amir. You got YBN Almighty J. YBN Almighty J is kind of synonymous with Black China because he had a fling with her not too long ago. And YBN Amir is very um, prominent for his two singles that he dropped a couple of years ago. Um, I think what's it called? Uh, Rubbing out the paint. Yeah, that that mug. So. YBN Corday's album is very, he's a very lyrical artist, but at the same time, he's very young. So it's kind of a bit of a surprise to get those two tannins because, you know, everybody kind of, you know, includes the young cast with the with the lit cast, the people that's not really saying anything in their lyrics. So YBN Corday's album was actually what I expected Chance Chance's album to be. He actually has a few features from Chance the Rapper. He has a feature from Meek Mill, Pusha T. So it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, like I said, lyrical driven and story based driven. So I really give one, I really would like promote the album a lot. And also, Big Shine dropped his two singles. Probably not going to be on the album because I think this is just his rollout. So these two singles are just throwaways. That's what he said in recent interviews. So I just want to know what y'all think about these Big Shine songs and, uh, is this man on the clock? Because not all, like, 50% of his albums haven't been in. Uh, what I'm going to say about Big Sean is I don't believe he's on the clock because I don't think anybody of work that he puts out from this point out would top some of his earlier work in the sense of a, a mainstream success just because the things he was rapping about back then are a little bit different from the Big Shine that we know now. The Big Shine that we hear all on the radio and everything now, it has a much more positive vibe, has a much more, you know, uplifting vibe about himself. And that's great and all. Don't get me wrong. I love the new Big Shine. But if you want to get them sales up and everything, you you know, you got to talk. Sometimes you got to talk about things that don't really pertain to the life you actually live. You know, give us that old Big Shine every now and then. The one everyone was hype about around the Detroit album, the Finally Famous Project and all that. That's what the, that's the big shine that people were saying. Oh, he he's next up. He's gonna take over the game. And 
I agree that the sound does change over the years, but I think for him, he's just more so focused on the, putting out music that makes him happy instead of trying to right. get what satisfaction from the crowd. So do you feel like, because he's like almost 10 years in the game now, so like he's kind of solidified. Do you think he needs, because the sale's going to be there because you got fans like this man right here, Josiah, that's going to listen to Big Sean regardless. Mm-hmm. So like, do you feel like you, do you feel like he has to be in that lane or is he, you know, can make the music that he, you know, enjoys? I don't think he has to be in that lane. Like you say, he's pretty much 10 years in the game, probably even longer if we do some more research on it. So he's, at this point, he's a respected vet in the game, so. Even at at the young age, because how old is Big Sean? He's still in his twenties, isn't he? Uh, he yeah. like I think he's in his thirties, bro. Uh, he was born at he was born in eighty eight. Oh, okay. Either way, that's still not that old. But still, yeah. at the age he is, well, he's still. Well, hip hop is getting old. <laughs> yeah, hip hop, but yeah, great aspect. That man's still a real. He's anything. He's a respected vet in the game. So I pretty much think his status is solidified as somebody that's respected in the game. For sure. Uh do y'all do y'all put him in y'all top ten right now? Like we you know with with thoughts that you know Drake, Kendrick, and J. Cole are like the holy trinity at the moment. Where does Big Sean stack up? Jimmy Josiah, if y'all got anything on it? Yeah, I feel like like I said, you know, as far as Big Sean, like he's always been a great rapper to me. I never put him as high as Josiah did, because I know Josiah's like a real big Big Sean fan. Um, in order for him to get back in that upper echelon, though, yeah, he's he really gonna have to drop some heat on this ex- next album. Like it's got to be one of his great pieces of work, or else it's not gonna elevate him to where he wants to be. But he'll still be able to maintain the same level that he had in mind. For sure. For me, I feel like I can't even answer this question because you know I'm gonna be biased being a big Sean fan. So you know, obviously, I'm gonna put him in the top ten. So I can't do that. But um, I will say though that his projects have been different than they have been in the past. Uh, it's definitely something. I guess you could say fans have to get used to because this isn't the same thing we've been dealing with. But I mean, I'm still going to be listening to him, like you said, regardless. I'm still waiting on his album. I'm going to hear it out. I'm going to listen to every song. I'm probably going to replay almost every song. I'm a big song fan, and I'm probably going to still be a fan no matter what type of genre he tries to dip his hand in. So I'm still up to be that. I respect that. I feel like he's probably in my top 10, but he is number 10. So currently, so it is teach his own teach his own but uh that's all i got for the, this non-stop stl exclusive you know what i'm saying we got the rogue ones playlist coming out on spotify soon more information to come let's switch this mug over what's going on in sports oh yeah right on my boy b Rouse. shout out to you for that music info this week, you know, sadly, we ain't got no NBA news for y'all. So if you was tuning in for an NBA news check, uh, newsflash, LeBron's still that guy. Uh, we went in the ring next year. We like our chest with the dip. Moving on. Steve. Moving on. This is so cool. This is so cool. Don't get me started on Steve Ballmer, bro. Anyway, we're going to go to the NFL before we get stuck in the NBA segments. So we got an argument among the group. We got we got someone here that believes that, you know, the young receiver for the Houston Texans, DeAndre Hopkins, is the best receiver in the league right now. I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's Brandon Robinson. You're right. And I'm standing on solid ground with my argument. Not falling towards nobody. We don't waver like leaves do, cuz. We standing. <laughs> rep your set. All right. And the rest of the – group and the world believe that Julio is the best wow. receiver in the league and rightfully so. But we're fair people here at Rogue Ones. At least some of us are. I'm not really going to say I am. But I'm oh, gonna wow. give, we're going to give Brandon a chance to stay this case of why DeAndre Hopkins should be seen as the number one guy in the league. All right. I feel like this is a game of heat check. And like as soon as I say the wrong thing, I'm going to get shot at by three other guys. But that's not the <laughs> point. <laughs> All right, so obviously stats show that your boy Julio has the better – he has the better yards, uh, total yards. But I'm standing on the grounds that DeAndre Hopkins, you know, he, he hasn't had a drop in like two, three years. Like his 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 inaccuracy, like so he's been throwing the ball, his inaccuracy rating is the highest rate in the league with 13%. 
he's taking more snaps than anything uh than who uh he's he's the only wide receiver to play with the most quarterbacks ever he has more tds than julio he has more receptions and last time i checked when you get the touchdowns you get the points with the points you get the wins so that's that last time i checked uh this season julio had eight drops they just got a new OC, so we're gonna see how that turns out. See how well Julio's gonna get worked in the de- in the offense or whatever. Um, so it's all contingent on that. And just because, in my opinion, just because the yard, like the yards, don't always add up to wins or the points. Just ask Odell. Like this man has had ample seasons where he's you know lost, but he's in a sense had the stats to prove for it. So I feel like you know. Wide receiver that brings wins to the table is the best wide receiver. So, all right, shoot me. Okay, so you said the wins and losses comes a great deal to you, right? Yes. You, you're saying DeAndre's contribution leads to the wins. Most definitely. But there's a wide aspect of people that can argue with you that winning is more of a team thing, not an individual thing. When it comes to the yards, that's an individual thing. Yeah. So if you're going to compare these two receivers, you got to compare them by the individual things that they do. The wins and losses not always contributed to this, those receivers alone. It can't always be – the win can't be pinpointed all on DeAndre Hopkins or all on Julio unless those touchdowns you're counting have all been game-winning touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So in that aspect of it, Julio killing that man. Julio killing that man every year. He's been doing it for the past four years. At the end of the day, I mean, like I said, DeAndre Hopkins is a great receiver. He's not going to drop the ball. You know, he got more receptions than him, which is great. Guaranteed. But what, that's great. That's, that's guaranteed. But what is he doing when he is catching the ball? Because Julio's getting 200 more yards. You know, I think last year he had 1,677 yards. Bruh. I don't, I don't know about that. DeAndre yeah. Hopkins' best season is not even as good as Julio's third best season. <laughs> see, <laughs> see that's, not talk, that's not talking about the past. We're talking about last year. <laughs> see that alone. See that alone. He, he was better alone. than him last year. What are you talking he was. about? He was better than him last year. Just in the yards. Just in the yards category, bro. Just in the yards category. He's a wide receiver. See, that's his job. <laughs> okay, but okay, he puts TDs on the board as well, man. He beat him by two touchdowns. That's 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 two more than him. That's two more but possibilities he beat him of winning. Two hundred yards. <laughs> I just don't see the equation you have here, sir. It's not adding up. Hey, yards yards ain't pulling up seven, but the touchdowns are. That's all I know. All I know is you getting two hundred yards. That take you down the field. Real but it's not getting you in the end zone. <laughs> you that's it's cute. Right to the that, end zone. Hey, hey, yards is cute for a kicker. If you're talking about wins, last time I checked, Julio Jones' production helped them get to the Super Bowl one time. Where DeAndre been? We talking about last year, cuz oh, no. you said <laughs> wins. We talking said about last year. This man last season. Last year. <laughs> we talking about last year. Julio was still better than him last year. <laughs> just in one category, but cool. Or right, I guess, I guess we just have to disagree to disagree. Or yeah, I'm gonna say disagree to disagree. I know what I said. Cause mm-hmm. man, I'm not agreeing with y'all. Like you said, you said it's one category, but for his position, it's the most important category. It is. <laughs> How do they rank the all-time great receivers by their yards? Okay. John Hopkins is definitely a top receiver in the league. He's definitely number two, but he's not even who he is. He's probably going number two in fantasy too. Hey. Wow. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm still staying on my solid ground. I I feel like I held a heart uh, a good a good side of my argument. I ain't have much to cover from, but you know some bias is gonna be in it too. I mean, but it's cool. It's cool. You might, Opinions. Opinions. Yeah, you might you might get some support from somebody out there. It just, it just won't be us, my boy. Hey, <laughs> hey I know y'all seen. I know y'all seen that uh that video when that the Cardinals coach came up to him and was like, hey, "You're the best in this league." He was like, "I know." <laughs> <laughs> That's the energy I need. That's the energy Julio don't have. Okay, it's about the intangibles, the things that you don't see in a stat line. Okay. 
He killed D'Angelo Hall in practice, bro. He killed D'Angelo Hall. That man laid on the field. Hey, hey, he lit up uh, Ramsey this season, too, but that's none of my business. Oh, but why are we talking about Ramsey? Oh, my God. (laughs) The so-called best corner in the league who got ranked, what, number 27 in the NFL top 100, which is great, which is great, you know. But he ain't no Stephon Gilmore who came in at number 22. You know, cornerback for the New England Patriots, who I believe is the best corner in the league. Josiah strongly disagrees with me. More of the story, Jalen Ramsey pretty much says that the NFL top 100 list is pretty much BS, and he don't believe there's 26 players in the league better than him. Me, myself, I think you can say you, you can make a solid argument it's about 26 players in the league better than him. I wouldn't even say it's, not, it's, it's a clean argument that there's 26 players in the league better than him. If hey, we had 25. I'm going five better than him. We can go 26. It don't matter. It's just one wow. more person. He'll be all right. Wow. <laughs> if I have more time, I'll name them all too. But for the sake of time, I ain't gonna do it. Do you think Jalen Ramsey's right? Do you think he's wrong? What's your opinions on this whole thing? Anybody? I feel like they're gonna, of course, give the people or the the skill position that touch the ball more, you know, the higher rating because you know, quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs. They get the balls more than corners do. So, like, of course, skill-based, it might be inaccurate or they might be showing some favoritism just because offense always has the shine or, like, you know, they always have that star boy um, presence with the quarterback position. So that's all it is. But at the same time, if that's what he's really upset about other than, you know, not really doing anything last year during the season, it's kind of – it kind of makes me look at my, like, you know, look at him different. Like, are you literally playing for a Madden ranking or – uh, NFL network ranking because that's not that's not shouldn't be what you playing for. We all know Jalen Ramsey's a bit of a diva. Oh, a bit in the, with his NFL answers. That's an understatement. Mm-hmm. Do do y'all feel he's the number one corner in the league? I mean, with the with the what's the name Jalen Ramsey man? I feel like he definitely deserves the money that he's gonna get. You know, with him driving to training camp in a Brinks truck like. He he definitely deserved to be paid as the top corner in the league, but the the fact of the matter is, I mean, with Stephon Gilmore, like he is, he's probably the best man to man. I give Jalen it on like you know his versatility, like he can guard like tight ends as well as wide receivers and stay step to step with him. But at what he does, what he's supposed to do best at the cornerback position, like Stephon Gilmore got that lockup. I'm gonna have to give him the nod for the best cornerback in the league. But Jalen should still get paid, you know, number one when it's time to get paid. Oh uh, yeah, Josiah. I just can't believe the slander I'm hearing today. I thought that was last week. <laughs> what did we call last week's slander? So what y'all doing today? Slander oh, part two. Disrespecting Jalen Ramsey. Disrespecting. He's he number two. Number two. Who was yeah. number two? Bro. People like being called number two when there's a spot called number one. Well, tell him get his past deflections up, and maybe he can get number one. Man, what did you just say? <laughs> defense, man. That's what you need to talk to. Maybe he in the wrong scheme. Maybe they need to stop putting him in just zone coverages. I don't know. Maybe he need to play more man. All I know is I think Jalen Ramsey can live up to being the best corner in the league if he gets more opportunities to do this again. Last season, he had a down season. I give you all that. It wasn't his best by far. But the past couple seasons, he's been locking down corners. I mean, locking down uh, receivers, the top receivers in the league. He's been doing that pretty well. And he's only, what, 25? That means he only has room to grow. I just think – as it is now, I would definitely say Stephon Gilmore is the better man-to-man corner. Yes, I agree with that. But overall, I think Jalen Ramsey got it. I think he's the best corner in the league. I think he has it down. Let's think about who's in the Jaguars secondary for a second. We have Jalen Ramsey, of course, the leader of it. We have A.J. Bouye on the other side of the field. Uh, is, it, uh, who's their safety? Is it uh, Tyshawn Gibson? or who, Who's their safety? I'll tell you who it is. He don't really matter. The fact you don't know his name, he don't matter. I feel, I, that's that a good point. I feel like I feel like they have a good safety. Either way, they have excellent they have excellent linebackers. So a good majority of that zone, I could make a solid case that at least eighty percent of that zone defense is covered by a potential pro bowler. But you saying this like Jalen Ramsey had these people all along. You realize the Jaguars were trashed like four years ago when he got drafted, and he was still locking up people. 
Yeah, and you realize Jalen Ramsey only been in the league three years, so those guys that they've all had on the defense have all been together the same amount of time. They've only been there two seasons. AJ Bouye just got there. Yeah, so you only played one season without AJ Bouye. He in played with- season. Yeah, then that's when he was the best corner in the league. Wow. So you saying his production? So you saying that he got more help and got worse? Is that what you're saying? Uh, wait, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. So, so I thought he had three seasons with them, and I thought the second year is when they got a Bouye and they went to the AFC Championship. Yeah. So yeah, he got better when they got help. Their team success got better, yeah. Yeah, team right. success. But individually, yeah. Jalen Ramsey got, I guess you could say, worse by corner standards. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. I wouldn't even say – I say when this hurt got worse is some of his stats – Definitely took a step down, but I'm not going to say he de- he got worse by that. But I make that point to say that the secondary that Jalen Ramsey is surrounded by is a much more I want to say was a much more talented secondary than the Patriots secondary. Let's see, y'all got Stephon Gilmore, uh, Devin McCourty. Oh, I they got both the McCourty brothers, right? Yeah, we got both the McCourty no, brothers. McCordy brothers, like that. come on, bro. You only count in the water. No, Jason in. I don't give Jason no respect. I'm gonna name everybody, but I already know which one. Josiah is not gonna count. He's not gonna count Jason McCordy, and he's not gonna count Patrick Chung. Yes, so, but either way, I'm not gonna got, count Patrick, Patrick Chung either. Yeah, but either way, we got we got Devin McCordy, Patrick Chung, Jason McCordy, mm-hmm. uh, Stefan Gilmore, and then our linebackers are Dante Hightower, Calvin Noy. And then uh, who's our other linebacker? Uh, 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 I forgot his name, but yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, that's my thing. We all know that Bill Belichick is one of the greatest coaches of all time, maybe even the greatest coach of all time. He is. And he's also the greatest defensive mind pretty much out there right now. Mm-hmm. The that's fact right. is, Stefan Gilmore is in the perfect position to be the best corner, thanks to Belichick and thanks to himself, obviously. But Stephon uh, Gilmore was already a top five. He was nice on the Bills. Yeah, nice I'm not saying he was in the top five corner on the Bills. I'm not saying that. He was already nice on the Bills. I agree with that. But Belichick is bringing out the full potential of this man. Definitely. That's facts. Definitely. Jalen yeah. Ramsey hasn't even tapped into his full potential, is my point. And yet, we, can consider it as number two just because of what? How do we know we ha- he hadn't tapped into his full potential? I mean, according to corners, their prime doesn't start to around 27, 28. This man not in his prime yet. That uh, that don't always be the case, though. That doesn't like solidify the fact. I'm gonna say name me a corner who's not like a 28 who we don't call elite right now because they all around 28 right now. Mm-hmm. Chris Harris, Patrick mm-hmm. Peterson, these are all 28 and older. And we call what about what about Mar- Marshawn Lattimore? Will we call him elite yet? He just got here, so I gotta see another year. Okay, he been in what, what, two, two years now, three, two years. I think this is going to this third year right now. So I need one more year, and then I can be like, okay, this man might be. Josiah is right about Bill, though, because look at that man, Malcolm Butler, as soon as he left. That man was toast. That man was toast, bro. How do you go from being one of the best corners to trash? And one of the best was toast. (laughs) My thing is, Stephen Gilmore might be a great corner. I definitely agree. But I can't consider him the best corner just overall, as long as he's all in the Patriots. So so because he hit his potential with Bill Belichick, you – won't give him the title of the best corner. But if Stefan, I mean, not Stefan, but if Jalen Ramsey happens to hit his potential with a coach that's not Belichick, you're going to keep calling him the best corner. I have to see it. I have to see the difference. That's the only way to figure it out. Like last season, I'll definitely give him, he was the best corner last season based on everything that happened. So that like, means he'll be going into this season as the best corner? No. I bet last season he was the best corner. That doesn't so that, make him the best corner, period. I'm not saying, but if he was the best corner last season, that yep. means he's going into this season as the best corner until proven otherwise. In man-to-man coverage, yes, I'll give you that. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I'm pulling a Brandon. <laughs> we can disagree to it. I see his arguments. I see his arguments. Like Jalen Ramsey, yeah, I, like, he got the size of a linebacker. So, like, he's mm-hmm. not the best man-to-man, but he's definitely up there with the best cornerback. So, yeah, I, see, yeah. I see both sides of it. We'll give it one more season, and we'll keep it moving for that. Okay. Anyways, that's your boy with the sports once again for another week. I kept it short. So, my boy Josiah, the mic is yours, my boy. Before we go to me, we should give Brandon some respect since we know this man used to run track. I know he has something on his heart. Go ahead and get out there, Brandon. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. We got some, we got big Olympics popping stuff for uh, coming out soon. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we got the world championships in about two months. Uh, USA got us another one. In the world of track, we got a 16-year-old 
world record falls to Dalila Muhammad. She's a 400 meter hurdle hurdler. Um, she just competed recently at this at the USA Championships last week. Um, so I just want to give her a lot of respect from the track, you know, the track part portion of our, you know, segment. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Always good seeing young people do great things. Big congrats to her. <laughs> Clap it up one time. <laughs> no, major respect, though, seriously. But now we're diving into the part of the show. We're going through questions that people sent us in. And the first question I want to bring to your attention, if y'all ready for this, high school relationships, do they work? Brandon, hey, but Chris, you the OG, but all right, I'll take, I'll take it, I'll take it this time. All right, cool. all right, do they work? I would have to say it's a mixture of yes and no because it's not, it's not like a certain solidified answer, it's more so that they're important and they're crucial to like life. And it's not even, and the crazy part is, it's not even about high school itself that it's like crucial to. It's like just, you know, growing up and becoming a man or woman yourself. Like, it's, you're going to look back to moments like that to like, you know, it kind of defines you. So, um, where do I want to start? I'm going to start with personal. So, like, you know, your boy, basically an only child. I have a brother that's 11 years older than me. So like, you know, only child life. I've always longed for companionship. I've always loved hanging around friends. So in high school, when I started like, you know, the dating scene, I felt like it was a tug towards a relationship. And that's not always the case. Like just because you think in your mind that, oh, or you, or even if you see all your friends in a relationship, you think in your mind, oh, I need to get in a relationship. That's not always the case. But with that being said, you're already, I'm a, I was already in a naive like mindset. So with naiveness, you know, that comes like low self-esteem and a whole bunch of factors. And having a relationship kind of builds your self-esteem if that makes if that makes sense. Like you're spending time with a, a significant other over a course of time, it kind of builds trust or whatever. And uh, so you bury all of your self-esteem into one person. So like when the end of the relationship is over, like when it's starting to end, you have nothing to go for because like you buried all of your self-esteem into one person. So you, and like, like I said before, you're, you're naive. You don't really understand all the know-hows and I'm not going to go to my parents about no high school relationship. Like that's my, I'm not going to tell my mom what I'm doing. <laughs> so, so that's that. Um, it kind of, it kind of, well, my last high school relationship kind of affected me for the long run just because of the different situations that I went through. Um, my, my, shoot, my last high school relationship lasted me all the way to my sophomore year of college. So I was in there for a grip and I was, I was feeling some stuff. I, it, it hurt it. I ain't even gonna lie. And it just affected me as a person. But for the long run, it was very beneficial. Um, I definitely wish I would have took advantage of the dating phase, like maybe in college or whatever, but I didn't even discover or I didn't even like, you know, look for that because I was so invested into that relationship that was kind of built off of manipulation, but that's no here nor there. Uh, in, in those factors, you tend to overtrust. And like I said, all of my self-esteem was built into one person. So when it was finally over, when I finally uh, needed that moment of closure or whatever, I realized there was a whole bunch of like unanswered questions that I didn't want to go back to because I was just going to open a wound even more. So I don't know. Like, and then, you know, after that, I got into another relationship, but that ended. But due to the relationship I had in high school, it kind of gave me a little wiggle room for like being used to certain things. So like it didn't, my college relationship didn't affect me as much due to the fact what I went through throughout high school. So. Yeah, that's what I got on that. Very crucial for life. <clears throat> okay. Uh, uh, Josiah, Josiah, Jimmy? You got it, my guy. Josiah? He passed it back. Since we're passing votes, I guess, Chris, this is you. Go ahead. Uh, He's throwing the lob to you, bro. He's throwing the lob directly to you. Uh, Brandon, it sounds like you had some more to say. Who? <laughs> he said, who? Uh, okay. Let me uh lower the hood. Uh, high school relationships do their work. I would say 
they're like Brandon said before, they're very character defining. And either way it goes, whether you end up marrying that person or you end up not being with that person, you you come out of that kind of pretty much knowing what you want going forward in life. I mean, some people do, some people don't, but either way, you come to a point where you figure out what you what you want in life and whether that be more or whether that still be that person that's neither here nor there. But more of the story, you go out you go out with that sense of just knowing what you want for yourself. And for some people that take some time, I say for me personally, I was in a relationship for four and a half years. So like I say like my freshman or sophomore year up until I was like a sophomore in college, I was in a relationship with one person. And for me with that relationship, I would say a lot of you see a lot of change in in that time because who you who you are at the beginning of the relationship isn't necessarily who you're gonna be who you're gonna be, you know, shoot, months, years, however long you date. You're not gonna be that same person later on down the line. But point I'm trying to make is when you go through those changes, most people see that as oh, we're growing apart. And I think for me at that time, I think I should have seen it more as, okay, we're, we're grown, we're pretty much, we're just growing into the people that we're you know, supposed to be. And instead of seeing that as a, oh, we're, we're going our separate ways. It's like, no, you're just building something new together. And I think that's one of the crucial things that a lot of high school relationships need to keep in mind when you're going through rough times where it seems like, oh, this person ain't the person I initially, you know, was feeling or whatever, this ain't the person I initially wanted to pursue. And everything it's just because you lose that hindsight of pretty much what you was working for in the beginning you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i said yeah and i say at least for me my personal experience that happened i'll say uh, after so long you kind of i, I kind of took it for granted in a sense it was kind of like i'm a i'm a nonchalant person as it is so me being nonchalant on top of taking something like a relationship for granted like i just presented myself with being this real asshole but neither here nor there that's just slander against myself the other dangers of high school relationships is the aftermath of it like i said before it's that it's kind of that finding yourself aspect of it after the relationship is over and that's one thing i had a hard time with dealing with because I don't want to say I was necessarily depressed, but I was definitely just in a state of I wanted to be in my own space, just me alone and not really deal with other people just because you kind of got to figure out who you are again, you know, like who you were before the relationship or what you like now. You're pretty much learning yourself again. So that took a long time for me. I Honestly, that was probably like a two year process for me of just figuring out who I was again, remembering just trying to get back on my feet pretty much. So that's definitely a critical thing that you want to think about when getting into those high school relationships that they get deep and they get deep quick. So most people get into them just for the the here and now or whatever, but you kind of got to take in consideration that, you know, it's always that possibility that it can come, it can become something way deeper than what you initially attended. And if it does, you just got to be ready to take on those, you know, responsibilities, pretty much. I can see that. Mm. James? I got a question first, Chris and Brandon. <laughs> um, if y'all both could go back to, like, ninth grade Chris and Brandon, like, what would you tell yourself moving forward? Would you be like, hey, you should do this, or you are you going to be like, nah, chill out? Uh, Brandon, you want this one first too, or you? Want yeah, me? yeah, I'll take, I'll take it first. Right. Like in hindsight, I'd be like, bro, stop being so desperate. <laughs> I'd be straight <laughs> up with myself to a T. But at the same time, I definitely feel like I needed to go through those trials and tribulations, like to, in order to get to where I am today, because I am wiser and I like I know way more. Like I would just laugh at myself back then, and then I would just wonder why I'm laughing at myself, <laughs> but. I, yeah, I wouldn't really change anything because it's just something like I needed to go through. And it's like, of course, you can regret like, man, if I would go back, I would did this right. But it's like, nah, bro, you needed to go through that to learn. It was definitely a learning experience that I need to go through. No count. Hmm. OK, uh, for me, I'm a little bit on the opposite side of what Brandon said. I think I definitely learned a lot of lessons that I didn't have to learn. <laughs> 
slapped in my face that I, I definitely could have avoided. Uh, I think I can, if I can go back and talk to freshman year me, I think I would tell myself to try to find things out earlier, you know, at that time, because fresh, freshman year me was kind of a it is what it is type of guy. I didn't really look for deeper answers behind stuff. I never really looked to understand why I was the type of person that was just like, it's whatever, like. What under, what's understood don't have to be explained. I never really understood why I was that type of person. But then, like, after going through that relationship and after experiencing the level of affection and love that I had in that relationship, like, she showed me something totally different. I'm like, hold on. I thought every family was like mine. Hold up. This weird. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, go look, I go and look at mine, and it's kind of like, nah, like, it's, it's something on my part and my background that kind of got some, you know, some messed up business about it, and that's why. And like in my family, if you look at it, of course, we all love each other. I love my family to death. And there's no question about that. But when it comes down to like just saying like just simple things like, hey, just call and check in on you saying I love you and stuff like that. Or if you see somebody, hey, man, love you cuz and stuff like that. Like we just don't really do that. And it's just like I said, it's one of those things for us. It's a what's under what's understood doesn't have to be explained. So if you know I love you, why do you need me to tell you? And I could never rap. I could never understand why she couldn't why she couldn't understand that thought process, but it finally clicked later on. Not everyone is raised up the same as you, and right. mm. given that doesn't that doesn't mean you were always raised right. It's going to be some areas that you realize you were raised wrong, and I realized that too. It's just some things about my upbringing that's caused me to have failed relationships, and why I've chosen that now that more so what's best for me is that I just kind of need to be by myself and I really deal with the relationship scene right now. And I don't know, man, it's just a lot. Like I, I want to help my, my freshman year self, but at the same time with the knowledge that I know now, I kind of want to be like, Hey bro, like her life is better separate from yours low key at the same time. But I hate to sound like my old me, but it is what it is. It's kind of bugging me to hear you say that you were raised wrong. Cause I, I don't, I can't, I can't have you saying that, bro. Cause like, you know, like it's subjective. Raising yeah. your kids is subjective. So it's not, I can't have you say it's a right or wrong way. Cause I don't feel, you know. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a right or wrong way. And I'm not necessarily, when I say right or wrong, I don't mean just, <sighs> What's the word I'm looking for? I'm not saying my parents raised me wrong. I'm just saying it's certain aspects of things that maybe they yeah. lacked in that I didn't fully get that I actually need for in order for right. this relationship that I'm in to prosper. So, for instance, the relationship that I was in in my high school relationship, she was the type of person who she needed words of affirmation and everything. She needed quality time, and I'm kind of, and I was from a situation where it just wasn't really a lot of that. Like it was understood and. When my parents could make it to my things, they come, they came. Like anytime my mom got off in time for any one of my basketball games, she came to my game. If my dad didn't have to go to church or work or anything, he came to my game. So the support was definitely there. But it's one thing from like doing the actions and then actually feeding you the the knowledge that you need to, you know, be successful in different like avenues, like different relationships. Sure. Like it's one thing to like just watch my parents. And then I get that view. And then that's what I think relationship is supposed to be. But it's another thing for them to like come to me and then talk to me about certain aspects of the type of man I should be in a relationship, you know? Right. So yeah, I feel like, and I feel like in that aspect, I didn't really get that a lot. I didn't really get those sit down talks. I didn't really have a parent that was, they were probably willing to talk to me about those things. But like I said, just the way my family, we are, it is what it is type of person closed mouth don't get fed. And, Quite frankly, I'm the closed mouth in the family. I don't say much. So, like, once again, it is what it is. But, yeah. <laughs> I feel you. Mm -hmm. As far as, like, high school relationships, um, I would say yes and no. Um, like I said, the reason that I would say yes is because simply, you know, like, I know people in my family that were dating in high school, and they actually um, grew up and married each other. Like, it wasn't, like, an off and on type of thing. Like, it was the entire way. So I know it is possible, um, but it's not likely. Uh, <laughs> like in, in that time, like when you in high school, 
um, you're going to be going through like different things, trying to figure out yourself and they're going to be trying to go through different things and figure out themselves. And you guys can't understand each other if you guys don't even understand who you are first. So right. you guys are going to be like changing constantly from high school to even if it goes to college or even after that. And you're not going to be the exact same person that you were when you initially got in that relationship, whether that be positive or negative, because time's going to keep going and situations are going to keep happening with them like involved in it or not, regardless. And that's going to affect you in different ways. So, um, like I said, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think it can be a distraction. Um, but in 2019, everything is a distraction. So I'm not using that as like an excuse. I just feel like kind of like what Brandon said, like I wasn't in my situation, like I wasn't going to talk to nobody about it, like especially like people in my family and things like that. Like I wasn't going to talk to them about like my high school relationships and things like that because I didn't have full perspective over that situation myself. Um, but like when you when you that young and you feel like emotions for like somebody that's like actually strong. A lot of like times like adults, they don't understand that and they just like blow it off type of deal. And then you got to gain this type of perspective yourself. And that's a really bad thing. <laughs> I think that's what can cause like that, like problems that people will like start to gain and like feelings that people start to have and things like that. Like for instance, in my situation, um, like everything was like all peachy cream and then something hit the fan. You know what I'm saying? Whether I did it or not, okay, I did it. But <laughs> something, okay, okay, whatever. That's it, it is something hit the fan, right? And you don't understand just yet, like what, like what you can like do, like how you can affect somebody emotionally because it hasn't happened to you yet. Mm -hmm. And in that situation, later on, you know it happened to me, and you gain that perspective afterwards. But at that time, it's too late. Um, so I, I do believe, you know, it can be crucial um, and, and like you growing as a person and things like that. You can learn a lot of things like later on in life, um, but you can also learn in high school as well. So I'm, I'm kind of I feel a little bit indifferent about it. You know, as far as like my kids, I wouldn't have an issue with them dating in high school, but I would want them to talk to me about the situation. Um, but yeah, I just I just feel a little bit indifferent about it. I don't know. Like I see high school like I have a cousin who's been with the same girl for a while now since he was in high school. And initially when I first like thought about it, I was like, man, y'all too young for all that. But then I kind of thought about when I like, I was much younger <laughs> once I got in my relationship. And I was like, and it was much more serious. <laughs> I was like, once I thought about it in that sense, I was like, I can't really judge. So I do feel what, what Jimmy said about the adults judging like young relationships and everything. Cause it's so easy like, ain't you like 15, 16? What's the big deal? But right. like I said, the overarching big deal is that relationship is pretty much going to either set the standard of what they look for for the next couple of years or even maybe the rest of their lives. It's just something about like taking a relationship serious in high school that just makes me cringe now. Like seriousness is just not a thing, bro. Like we still, we still, we just had recess not too long ago. Like what are we talking about? <laughs> like, like you're still trying to understand and like you don't like you don't even fully understand what you're getting into. Mm. Like we still learning how to talk as like people. So how are we gonna have good communication in a relationship? Like that don't even that don't even exist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, I think that's what the, the disconnect is, and that's why I believe definitely now when I look back on it, girls definitely mature faster than boys. For sure. Because at that point, shoot. Most girls pretty much looking for marriage already in high school, and all the boys like, hold on now chill like like you said we just had recess two years ago my guy yeah. <laughs> you wilding but it's kind of an aspect of like they're they're looking towards the future and they're looking for someone they they want that storybook ending at the end of the day so yeah they're seeing you and if you're in a serious relationship she clearly sees you as the one for that storybook ending and just because you you can't see past second period you're kind of like you rushing you jumping the gun a little bit and maybe right. she is jumping the gun but I think it takes you also jumping over to her perspective a little bit to like bring her to a more rational ground instead of you just being like, hey, chill out. This, that's whack. We done. You know what I mean? Right. I yeah. feel and I don't know why, like, because after like for my situation, after I got out of high school, of course, I continued that relationship. But I don't know why I felt like I had to continue the serious role. Like I didn't have an option. Like I feel like people sleep on just dating, like not mm -hmm. settling down with somebody for a set amount of time or whatever. But I, just dating people, just like seeing what you're interested in. I feel like that's like so slept on. Like mm -hmm. that is like that's another life lesson that like. I feel like it's extremely important. We just seeing what you like, 
Mm-hmm. That's a that's that's a step into like finding yourself, like what Jimmy was talking about. And that's kind of like my perspective on like the high school dating thing. Is just like it's a learning experience. You know, you don't know what the relationship even is at that point, and it gives you like the first glimpse of what it should be, how it, you should be doing things, and kind of like like I was saying earlier, you know, like um, the heartbreaks and things like that. Like you need to have that type of experience and be ready for the real thing when it actually comes. So you know how to deal with it. So you know how to get past it and be the better you at the end of the day. So that's kind of like how I really feel, how that kind of goes with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of people get into the relationships and they end bad and pretty much the recovery is pretty much the hardest part of anything. If if this relationship does fail, the recovery back to getting to who I am or who I need to be is definitely one of the hardest things you can do because you definitely got to face some hard truths along the way. Like I said before, I faced a couple hard truths. I faced a couple of lessons I wish I didn't have. Actually, I had to face a hard truth like last week. <laughs> that's, that's how bad it was. I had to face a hard truth last week. This and man's was, still living it. <laughs> He's still in it. Yeah, I'm still in it. And it's not really so much that it was a hard truth. It was just more so it was it was something I kind of pretty much already knew what it was. Mm-hmm. But I, I was okay with just assuming that's what it was. You know, I didn't really want confirmation yeah. on the matter. It was like, if I get confirmation, then my thought process is right. And then my biggest fear was what's going to be left of me afterwards. Facts. That's you know exactly what I, mean? what I was talking about. That's exactly what I was talking about with the closure thing. Because everybody like, oh, if you break up, you got to have this perfect closure story. That's not mm-hmm. the case. There's going to be so many questions like, what if this would happen? Or what was you doing this? Like, there's so many questions left on the table that you like you want to know the answer but deep down your feelings do not want to know the answer to that exactly. you're gonna get hurt you gonna get hurt exactly that's what I, that's where i was at i was definitely in a position where i could i could have asked so many questions but yeah i think at the end my thought process was more so like jimmy know all this already i told i even told him that i feel like her life is better separate from mine just because just in a sense just how everything ended and i don't I don't really want to risk run the risk of being that person, you know. And I just feel like, like you said, there, there's no perfect closure. So I think that's one thing to keep in mind. Like anybody who gets out of this and think you're gonna get this automatically perfect closure where you're gonna be 100% okay with the outcome, no, that's never gonna happen. Sometimes it just, it just comes to accepting accepting the fact for what it is, and then just you know picking your pieces up and learning how to put yourself back together from it. And that's more so where I'm at with it now. Uh, I'm working on certain things. Like you said, with the dating, the dating process, I kind of wish I did a little more of that too, just because, but now the hard thing for me is just, it's hard for me to want to spend my time with someone, you know what I mean? Because I already have this standard of who, who I have spent so much time with and who I want to spend time with. And, if you don't fall into that category, I'm kind of like, I can fit you in whenever I can fit you in, you know? <laughs> I feel like well, when you say that, like, I kind of felt the same thing as well. Like after I got out of my relationship that I was in in high school, um, it was kind of like, you know, like I want, I want some like a similar situation. Like I want this, I want that. Like I want kind of the exact same thing. But when you do that, you only talk about the positives. Like if you talk about the negatives, like add those in with every positive thing as well. Like, add, <laughs> you know, the fact that I want them just like this, but I also don't want this in the same time. You keep that perspective of both sides as to why y'all not together. Like at the moment mm-hmm. that, that that can give you a lot more clarity of the situation as well as a lot more closure with it, because we always get so caught up in like remembering all the good things about the situation. And I Facts. think that's why some high school relationships last longer than they need to because you peak out early and you trying to get back to where you peaked out, but it's not going to happen because like that, like y'all totally different people now. Mm-hmm. So you just, you yeah. gotta, I think you gotta think about the negatives as well as the positives when you think about stuff like that, because it's easy to forget that when they not there, but when they get back, it's like, Bush, I mean, this is yeah. exactly what it was at the beginning and now it's happening all over again. You just gotta, you know, for sure. Yeah, that that familiarity, that being familiar is like dangerous because you get hooked to that after a while. Because, mm-hmm. um, for example, like I, my biggest fear, even if it's even if it's a situation I'm in, or if basically a situation like I, I might hear like a friend of mine in, is when they say, "Oh, she's like the girl version of me," or he likes the guy version of me. I'm like, "Yo, do you want that?" Because like, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't think because people just want. I don't know. People just like. 
people think relatability is everything, but that's not always the case. You got you got to learn new things after a while. Like you got to. Nah, to the person who yeah. sent out this question, uh, thank you, and we all hate you at the same time. I want to uh, know yeah. who it was, man. You Thanks. will never know. I will not reveal the name. Also, stay hey. anonymous. I promise What's you. Up? I, will not know. I, will, I would like to point out a couple things. One, once you get anybody who's listening, once you get to this segment and you're listening to this part, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Please, please, please don't hit me up asking about it. There's probably only probably three people with access to ask me about that topic. So they know who they are. So don't ask me. And that's that on that. Hey, my overall high school musical didn't teach us nothing about relationships. So we gotta do <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a lie. <laughs> but moving on to the second question that was asked of us. If your life was an action movie, what would be your signature catchphrase? I'm going to start this one off. <clears throat> Let me go ahead and start this one off, fellas. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. What is it? All right. <clears throat> I've been working on this one for a while now. I didn't know this was going to be a question, but <clears throat> all right. You want to be the best? We'll step <laughs> up to the <laughs> test. You got to go toe to toe with Lobo. Somebody come get this man. I've said that before. <laughs> do every action scene, bro. Number one. <laughs> I don't know what villain's going to give you time to say that entire phrase. Right, that's a whole monologue. You got to say it when you're jumping in, bro. Let the level up. <laughs> what about you, Bray? What you got for us? What you got? Hey, my, I, I think mine's more so a question. Y'all be hearing me say it when uh, we playing uh, Xbox or whatever, but it's, you know, do you really want to be the reason? <laughs> that would bring that would bring so much fear. Dude, that would bring so much fear into my villain's eyes. They'd be like, you know what? Just arrest me. I don't want no problems. I don't want no problems with you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I feel that. I feel that. What about you, Chris? What you got for us? I don't know, man. I don't think I got one. I don't really have too many catchphrases out here, my boy. Catchphrase mm. game up. Come on, it's twenty nineteen. Hey man, you gotta ask something. What is that supposed to mean? For, for, <laughs> for, 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 for an action movie, though? For an action movie? Oh, okay. I got this. I got this. Chris, you the villain. What you saying to the bad? What you saying to the good guy? Because you know you choose the winning side, which just happens to always be the bad side. What you saying, though? Uh, if I'm the villain. Hey, can I just steal? Can, can I just steal Batman? So, like, can I just borrow that one? But I'm the Batman. Right. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> just say that when I walk into the team. I am the Batman. That's my catchphrase for the week. I feel like for me, it has to be a cliche. It has to be something that's already been out there for a while. So I'm probably gonna use one of those ones like this time is personal. You know, like well, you know one of those ones that really hit a villain. Like, we don't see coming. Like, they do not sister. Yeah, they do not be caring. I would definitely they do not, they do not be caring. They do not be caring what they what you gotta say. They just they, 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 they really don't out here, but I'm cool with that. I'll take it. Just like, what about yeah, it's time the to end this? Got- <laughs> oh, it's time to end this. I'm sorry. It's time to end this. It's time to end this. I love the cliches. They are the best ones by far. So I definitely love the cliche. I will but cancel that show. On- you better not cancel my show. I can't believe <laughs> But while we still are talking about shows, though, the next question is, is there a TV show you wish had one last season? The Boondocks. Childhood, Boondocks. Okay. Boondocks. I like that. Boondocks. The culture needs a show that's unsensitive in this era of sensitivity. I feel like Rick and Morty's the only one left. Facts. Facts. I definitely agree with them. Mm-hmm. Boondocks on this generation. They need it. Mm-hmm. Brand, what was you? What you got? Um... Shoot, I'm I'm going more modern. It's this show called Love Death Robots that my roommate Peyton put me on. It's like a mm-hmm. like an animated anthology. It's kind of like Black Mirror meets Twilight Zone. It's really dope. Like it's something new every episode. 
And uh, the art yeah. style is very like the art style changes a along with like the characters as well. So it's like dope. So you might have an episode that looks like Pixar. You might have an episode that looks like like to live action cartoons. And then you have like stuff that looks like uh what into the Spider Verse. So it's it's really dope. Um, it's something like I said, it's something new every episode. So I would definitely love another season of that. Okay. Check it out on Netflix, by the way. Check it out. It's on Netflix. Love Death Robots. Show is fire. It's like 18 episodes. You can watch it on your yeah. phone, too. No excuses. Oh, my yeah, God. Let me get another season of Prison Break. Even though we already got another season, I want another, another season. It's my favorite television show growing up. I don't, I don't want no cap on this television show. Hey, I know you're a Supernatural fan, so like, how you feel about Supernatural coming to a close? You, you know, with Supernatural, you you get to a point with that show where you just like, we've been here before. Like, this mm -hmm. keeps happening over and over again, and that happened in yeah. like season nine for me. I like Supernatural more when they went on with a storyline as opposed to doing like random missions every day, like Scoop do. I wanted that like that storyline that they was going with every season, but they kind of fell back on that, so I ain't watching no more. What is it like? Eleven sure. seasons or something? It's hella. <clears throat> yeah, see, that's the problem. I think shows need to stop around like six, seven, seven right, max probably. After that, like you said, it gets redundant. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. For me, I would pick Teen Titans. Y'all know the old childhood show, ended on the weirdest cliffhanger ever. If y'all don't remember it, it's basically Beast Boy was in love with this chick called Tara, and she basically sacrificed herself at the end of the show. Oh and yeah. Exactly. And Beast Boy looks back at her. She's a statue now, and they basically come to a close. That's how Teen Titans ends. I really didn't like that ending just because, like, there's so much we didn't know. Like, who the hell is Red X? Like, who is this man running wasn't around in this suit with the same exact size? Like, I need to know. Wasn't Robin Red X? Yeah, but he wasn't him at the end of the day. It was somebody else. So oh, I need to know who is the exact same size as them spandex that, ran, uh, that uh, Robin be running in. Because that don't make no sense to me. <laughs> I also need to know what is going on with these villains. They had so many villains at the end of the show that you never saw actually get defeated. It's just kind of like, okay, so was the city safe? I mean, like, what? <laughs> like, y'all didn't man. end the story. Like, did we lose? It's like seeing Endgame, the first part of Infinity Wars, and that's it. There's no Endgame. So, yeah, that's how oh. <laughs> He said, did we lose? <laughs> said, oh, I really just didn't like it that way. But that's kind of that's all I have on that take. Okay, I could I could do another season of Teen Titans. I promised my mom I would explain what my tattoo was on the podcast today, because she believes that it's all you know mumbo jumbo. Anywho, this kind of ties into the earlier topic with the high school relationships. So, re hit that rewind button if you want to hear more on that. <clears throat> Anyways, this tattoo I just got a couple weeks ago. As I know, the viewer that's listening right now, you can't see it, but. My fellas on this podcast, y'all can see it. You can see the little leaves and the under. I got the little Arabic inscriptions under it. And what that stands for, it stands for Wanderer. And I got that because that's kind of the stage of life I was in after, you know, my whole mental mind state after my relationship that I previously talked about in the topics earlier. And that's just where I was. I'm kind of a person who gets tattoos that's like they're associated with the chapter of life I'm in. So that's why I got that. Promise my mom I would, you know, reveal my tattoo here and tell the world what it means. So that's that on that. Like I said, we the boys with the show. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Chris told me that means boats. First off, that was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell the difference between a lie. Hey, man. Well, there you have it. We the boys with the show. Rogue going since day one. I'm your boy, C. Duke Sandy. We had Josiah in the house. We had B. Robin the Bank in the house. Yeah, we had right. James LeBouye. We the boys. Day ones. It's been great chatting with y'all today. But it's time for me to drop the mic and have my boy Josiah catch it. So I'm going to lob it up. Go ahead, slam it down for me real quick. Thanks, Bill. This the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Spread the word and tell everybody. Follow us on Instagram at RogueOnce underscore podcast and find us on Spotify and iTunes. If you have any questions that you want answered, inboxes. It doesn't have to be just TV, sports, or music related. We look forward to answering anything. And if you like our cover art, follow our editor at Bobby underscore L A S U P on Instagram. And don't miss Friday for our weekly gaming sessions at 6 p.m. Central Time. You can tune in for free on the link provided on Instagram. We'll see you next week. Oh yeah, we usually end, we usually end with ad lib, right? So what do we talk about today? Chance the rapper? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> we out.